Okay, here we go. This is my day 36, redoing my Camino on a treadmill from my home in Galway, Ireland. How are you today? It's my day 36, as I said, BK Lee, <coughs> who I'm following, who I'm following is on his day eight. And we are between Navarrete and Nájera. So, on this day, I was still hoping to catch up with Giulia from Roma. You never know, stay tuned, it might just happen. Where's my other phone? Oops, okay. I'm back. Just had to grab my phone there for counting my steps. And uh, today, I sort of decided I'd try and do it without my notes. You'd be glad to know a lot of my listeners. A lot of my listeners were saying they prefer when I do it without notes. They say there's just something more artistic about the whole endeavor and more spiritual, they say. So, okay, ladies, and yes, most of my listeners, 87% are female. The results just came in. So, and how many listeners do I have in total, I hear you ask? I've lost count. It's in the millions, that's all I'll say. Uh, my producer tells me not to release the figures, kind of like Netflix. We don't want the competition to know everything, other than to say we're doing very nicely, thank you. I'm still um, broadcasting from my home in Moycullen, but since starting this podcast, I've bought properties all over the world, including Hampstead, North London, um, Santa Monica in uh, Los Angeles. Where else? Uh, hold on now, we're catching up with some guy here on the road. BK is catching up. Let's give him some speed. I heard my phone beeping, by the way. It looks like I got a message. And as always, when I get a message, I wonder, is it love or money? Love or money? They're the only two things that count. It's rarely... Oops, I hit the mic again. It's rarely either of those. Why do I always hope it's love or money? Because... I hear talking in my headphones. Somebody's talking. Hmm, imagine that. Uh, turn it up a little. Ooh. Okay. So anyway, uh, so yeah, I'm going to wing it today. That's what the ladies want. They say, oh, James, we love it when you just, you know, make it up as you go along. I'm really, oh, I, I thought you liked the really structured days where I did lots of research and they were, no, they're interesting, but well, we prefer when you just wing it. I'm like, okay, I can do that. Hey, if that's how you like it, no problem. So, yeah. Um, something that I was talking about recently, including today, to friends and acquaintances, was, I may have mentioned it here before, this pub, this Shebeen pub, in uh, Belfast, Northern Ireland, and the Shebeen, for my American, my non-Irish listeners, is uh, is um, a, a, an illegal, non-licensed pub in Ireland. I think there used to be a lot more of them in the past. Sort of like a speakeasy back in the days of prohibition in America. So uh, there's been a few apparently knocking around during lockdown times, some entrepreneurial types setting up little bars in their houses. So you got to admire the entrepreneurial spirit. Apparently that's, that's what we all love these days, isn't it? Yeah. Eye for a gap in the market and all that. So uh, like me with this podcast, yeah. Who knew you could make so many millions just walking in your treadmill and talking Nonsense. Who knew? Well, I did. I saw a gap. Saw a gap in the market. My friend Kieran at work sent me a cartoon, an image from photograph. It could be from Waterford Whispers or The Onion, both of which are 
so does satirical news magazines online and uh, it's just the picture the caption just said oh what's it men in their 30s uh, who've had a few tweets that have gone viral suddenly decide that oh maybe I'd better do a podcast or something like that uh, maybe he was having a go at me but given the enormous success I've had I mean the jokes on you Kieran if you're listening I think Kieran's a bit sore because I did a trial podcast with him and my friend Anthony who's got a couple of mentions here on this podcast some time ago and uh, I never broadcasted I mean I was amazing obviously and Anthony and Kieran they were okay, you know. I, I don't want to badmouth them here to all my listeners, but it's like they were trying too hard to sound clever, and I was just kind of going with the flow like I do here. And I was telling them, stop showing off, guys, but they were just both trying to outperform each other. I think Kieran was trying to impress Anthony because he lives in, the, uh, in uh, New York. It was sad, really. He kept licking up to Anthony and agreeing with everything he said. Uh, was, uh, I, I couldn't broadcast it. It was so kind of pathetic that I, I just pulled it, you know. I lost, uh, lost a bit of money on that. There was a bit of investment went into it. But sometimes you have to do that. You have to cut your losses. You gotta, as Kenny Rogers says, you gotta know when to hold them. Know when to fold them. Know when to... Oh, my God. What is it? I, sh I know all the words of that, I thought. As someone who likes poker, I should know that song. You gotta know when to hold them. Know when to fold them. Know when to... You gotta... Na, 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 na. Oh man, I don't know it. Oh, you know, you think you know a song and then you start to sing it. That's so Irish. Irish people. So most of us, I don't know, just can't. Of our, my generation and younger, can't sing a song from start to finish. In the old days. Hola. Hola. Buen camino. Ah. Uh, in James Joyce's day, you know, he used to sing songs. Him and even and my parents' generation. My father can sing a few songs from start to finish when the occasion demands. We were at my cousin's wedding in Spain. My father sang, a few Spanish people sang. Did any of the younger Irish people? No. Uh-uh. So, yeah. Oh, there's a robin out in the garden. Beautiful Robin Redbreast. Oh, it's Friday. I got that Friday feeling. I'm thinking of the song by The Cure, which is Friday on my mind, isn't it? <laughs> and of course, I don't know all the words. I used to play that with the ukulele group I was involved with before I left uh, because of creative differences. So, uh, that was up there at the breakups of all the famous groups. Hola. Hola. I'm like the Morrissey of that group. Or the, what else? I don't know. I'm temperamental rock star. So, I just wasn't getting enough acclaim and respect, you know? Anyway. So here I am, all the acclaim in the world. Doing the Camino on my treadmill. Oh, yeah. So we used to do Friday on my mind already. One that I want to do, I saw a lovely version of it in the ukulele, is uh, oh, In Between Days by The Cure. I love that song. Yesterday I grew so old, it made me want to cry. You know that one? Yesterday away from you. Na -na 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 -na. Go on, go on, away from me. Da -da. Okay, I'll, my, my producer's telling me if I sing anymore, we'll, we'll have to cough up for a copyright. 
Okay, so we're here, we've turned, did we turn left there when I wasn't looking? We're on a narrow road, we're gonna be going under a bridge, under a motorway. Any second now. Oh, I'm in a good mood, because it's Friday evening, early evening, and uh, the thing is though, I never fully switch off for weekends, because I've got this bloody Camino to, do I'm always behind on it it's gonna drag on I mean if I don't get my skates on it will go beyond the end of this year but I also have my book to write and have a deadline on Sunday and then when that's finished the clock starts ticking for the next deadline and uh, I've been going slow but actually it's been going really well I don't know the last week I know that for this deadline I should be able to write 7,000 words and cut it back to five, and I'm always happy when that happens. I'm already over five. So between tonight and tomorrow, like even could go into Sunday. If I get the 7,000 words done by Sunday afternoon, I'll be quickly able to edit them down to a decent five in a matter of a couple of hours, really. Depending, I might want to add a couple of bits. While I'm doing that. No, either way, I'm, I'm on good on course, which is good because the last few submissions were 5,000 unedited words, which is better than nothing, but not really the ideal. Every time I write seven and cut it back to five without telling my editor, he always comments that this was particularly good, which of course makes sense because it's such a part of the process. That's nice that for a certain chunk of my novel, for my first draft, a certain chunk of it will have been, I'll have done a pre-edit. So it won't all be really loose. Some of it will, but still needs a lot of work. It's really only coming into focus now. And I'm, where am I? I'm more than halfway through anyway, put it that way. So that's good. Sorry, listeners keep asking me how the novel is going. Um, Luckily, no one's found out my address yet because I think I've got some stalker material on there, judging by some of the comments I get. Some women begging me to know where I live. I'm like, hey, just relax, okay? You can come to the book launch when the book comes out. I'm going to need a lot of security for that, the way things are going. Might have to call it off if it gets too uh, dangerous. Yeah, this fame thing is... uh, it's not all it's cracked up to be, you know. It's, uh, my life was a lot simpler before this, put it that way. So, anyway, them's the breaks. So, uh, where are, oh, the Shebeen. The Shebeen illegal pub in Belfast, Northern Ireland. A Shebeen, where they drink poutine. No, there was no putching in this shebeen that I know of. Okay, drink of water. I was out. Actually, I probably told the story before, but here goes again. For anyone who missed it, here's one from the archives. Uh, lines are now closed, so don't enter the competition. Well, do if you want, but you won't win anything. But I'll get, like... 150 per phone call per text. Yes, Kerching. So I'm looking at a house in Manhattan as well. So getting close to buying that. Gets a bit stressful having all these properties and possessions and Rolexes and everything. Like, I actually think I may have lost a Rolex at 20,000. Uh, Euro Rolex recently, but I just can't remember because of so many. I just have a feeling, well, I've got nine, it's not a lot. Um, got a few, yeah, I got Patek Philippe watches as well. No, I can't even remember it. I mean, I just, some weekends I go out, I don't know, I have a drink and then I just wake up in another city, you know, surrounded by watches. So... It's getting a bit crazy. Anyway, 
the Shebeen in Northern Ireland, in Belfast. So, yeah, it was before doing the Camino, went up north to get, because they have the Catalan store there. I did talk a bit about this before and got some walking gear, got some boots and Cotswolds, which spent a couple of hours fitting them on me and they were perfect. A guy called Alec or Alex in Cotswolds on Boucher Road in Belfast. Shout out to Alec or Alex. And uh, they had some Camino discount, I think, that I availed of. So, uh, and as I said, I went out then that night with Declan, who had done the Camino before and had convinced me to do it over the years. So I went out. I did recount here before that I met a man who identified as an orange man in a pub, which would have been known as a Catholic pub. I mean, during the Troubles, that would have been a bigger deal, but still had a name as that. And he said, I told him I was doing the Camino. He said, well, I wouldn't be doing it now because I'm an orange man, but I respect what you're doing. And then I ended up saying, would, would he like me to light a candle for him? And he said he would. And he said, I hope I, hope I feel it when you light it, which was nice. So that was when I started my list of people I'd light candles for. I've just reminded myself, my producer just spoke in my headset to say, speak a little slower, James. Spread the words out a little thinner, you see. So that's when I go faster, I start speaking faster. 4.6 kilometers an hour, it's not crazy fast. Um, so that night though, so I did recount that story before, but on the way home back to Declan's place off the Lisburn Road, Got a lot of crazy stuff going on up north at the moment. All to do with Brexit and different shenanigans. Hope it, uh, God, I hope it calms down. So, um, anyway, where was I? Uh, so we're going home and I'm like saying to Declan, <coughs> gotta go somewhere else. He said, well, there's this one place. I don't think you'd like it, but it's pretty crap, this Shebeen. And you know, Shebeen in Northern Ireland, I mean, nobody told me it was had IRA connections, but in fairness, if it's an illegal, unlicensed pub in Belfast, you'd be naive to think there wasn't some sort of paramilitary connection there. I would say from the police point of view, they turn a blind eye. It's the least of their problems. As long as they're not all killing each other, let them run their shebeen. So I ended up in there. Actually, we met a guy we knew from Galway, which was surprising. And, uh, but I was drunk going up to the bar trying to order drinks in Irish. The barman just said, Berla meaning English, speaking English. He wasn't impressed. They would no Guinness or anything. I think I was drinking Budweiser out of a bottle. But it was, honestly, I was talking to someone, actually, whom I met on Bumble. I've quit Bumble now. So now I'm off Bumble and Tinder. I had only started using them to promote my podcast. It's a good conversation starter, because people would say, where's your podcast or whatever. Then they'd listen to the podcast and disappear. <laughs> but um, she was, is an actor from, <clears throat> well, yes, Ireland, we just say, and she had studied in London in this amazing uh, acting school called East 17, where, where they, or East 17, no, East, East, isn't that a group, East 17? Annie, it was based in the East End of London. And they were doing like Stanislavski stuff, method acting, staying outdoors all day in a wood in Kent, in character all day, you know, doing kind of period type thing. Sounded amazing. But she, sorry, I'm scratching my leg there. She had also been to the Shebeen in Belfast. And like me, she was, oh my God, what a great night I had. And here's the thing, it was, it was, what's great about it is, 
Like say in Galway here, when I was younger, in the late 80s, early 90s, the pubs were more, yeah, kind of more run down, but definitely had more character. And I mean, there's one pub I'm thinking of where one could go in and buy hash, hashish, and other things probably. I may or may not have availed of the services, but just when you're young, that seems so exciting and it was so non-corporate feeling. And you know, certain pubs, one could, if one was so inclined, smoke a joint in the beer garden. I'm not saying I did, I'm not saying I condone it, but it's just, and there's a cinema in Galway, the Clada Palace, which is now closed. I remember certain people, a big group of guys going there for, to watch Jurassic Park, and they're all tripping on acid and smoking joints. And uh, I'm just going to say we for the purpose of this story. This doesn't mean that I actually participated, but we will just say we're out in the pub, in Taylor's Pub, which was a great pub. And Seamus, who was the manager there, God rest his soul, he was grumpy, but he was great. And he'd want to kick you out and it was beyond after closing hours. I want you to all get out. I don't give a damn what any of you say. Get out. When Camino, we passed someone there. Um, but he, uh, what was I going to say about him? I remember going in there for my Christmas drink. It was the only pub really where I ever got a Christmas pint. You know, the free pint of Guinness. Oh, I used to love Guinness. And I still haven't really, I'd never really buy it to have at home. If I was out and just having one Guinness, oh man, Guinness and oysters. I've talked about that before. Forget about oysters with, with um, Prosecco. That's, I don't know, to me that's ridiculous. Because oysters and Guinness. Guinness with salty, fishy things, ah, oh, so good. There used to be a guy who'd come to Nocton's Bar, all the bars in Galway, selling mussels in little containers, cooked mussels. That was lovely with Guinness. But where was I? Where was I? Um, I was talking about Guinness with oysters, the she-bean. Um, well, just, yeah, but the pubs of old, in Galway, and as I said, also, we allegedly were in Taylor's pub after taking acid and allegedly and drinking. Hey, we're going under the bridge, and we are coming out the other side. Imagine that! Wow, that's an achievement. And there's something a, a kiosk up to the left. Is that a kiosk? can't really see right here. So, I used to love when they sold slices of melon. That was my favorite thing. You're tired and thirsty. And uh, yeah, I just remember allegedly this. In Taylor's, dropping acid and taking Guinness, which is a weird mix, or drinking Guinness. Going to the Tlada Palace joints and pipes and everything were lit up. The front row of the balcony, watching Jurassic Park. Oh, those were allegedly the days when Camino were overtaking everybody. Woo! Oh, cyclists, get a bell. Ding, ding. Bloody cyclists. I'm turning into an angry dog. Oh. Gotta love the weekend. But as I said, I never fully switch off on weekends. It would be great if I was really disciplined with the writing and could do it like every morning or something before work. But like trying to fit that in and my Camino, which I have to walk and then edit. And when I say edit, it's really, I don't, I leave it all in one chunk, but I have to line it up with the video and put on the noise reduction, bring the levels up and down a little bit. And uh, that takes time, so. 
If I didn't want to write or do, one, or do things like this, maybe I'd have an easier life and I'd just relax on the weekends and switch off. But if I manage my time better, that's sort of achievable. I guess the ideal would be right for writing to be my day job and to be disciplined around that. That's the aim. Buen Camino, cyclist, ding ding, get a bell. That's what I should have done. I should have barked at them on the Camino. That might have put some pep in their step. Okay, water break. Okay, 4.6, ah, I got down to 4.5. So today is Friday. Oh, I think I'm way behind on my heart points. I need to do 150 heart points a week. Da -da. My cousin Mossy just sent me a video. I'm not gonna play it now in case it's not safe for work. Da -da -da. Um, let's check out the old hard points. So, well, I've clocked up 21 today, this is good. Oh, oh, I've done 100 out of 150 for the week, which means 50 more. Yeah, I'll, I'll make it, just about. So anyway, so I'm not looking at my notes because I think they're, I think I've used them all up anyway. But the she bean, are we going back to that? Yeah, I guess the she bean reminded me of Galway in the 90s. Things were a little less corporate, a little dodgier. Thinking of even the Warwick Hotel nightclub. Uh, I mentioned that in my book, actually, briefly. But uh, Warwick Hotel, yeah, everything was just kind of rough and ready and all the better for it, I guess. So the she being to go up, the guy on the door was, wasn't, it was Arab. Like, in my head, I'm imagining he was Libyan just because the Libyans and the IRA got on well. Not sure if he was or not. And then there was a, met a guy we knew from Galway and there was a guy, the guy we knew was standing beside, a guy who looked kind of like a heavy, you know? A short, muscly guy. Looked like one of those loyalist uh, heavies, except for he had no tattoos. The uh, Catholics aren't as known for the tattoos in Northern Ireland. But also, if I, I think I heard this recently, like if you're in the IRA, best not to have tattoos. I think they were professional like that because you can be identified. That's a thing other criminals have talked about. My friend in New York told me some guy told him that. So that could be part of it. So it mightn't be so much a Catholic thing as a don't get identified thing. So uh, I must remember, I'll have to get all those tattoos all over my arms removed. No, I don't have any. I'm, uh, what do they call, clean, Clean, clear skin or something. There's some term they have for people like me. I'm like a muggle, I guess, in Harry Potter terms. So, uh, let's see how we're doing time-wise. I've got about half an hour or so to go. Could be worse. Um, <clears throat> go down to 4.4 here. So, uh, yeah. That place though, that Shebeen, it was just so random. There was like a 21st birthday in there, a load of girls like that age, kind of one cluster. And then there was old fogies like me and others in another cluster. And then so the guy we knew, we went over talking to him. He's beside the heavy who's standing behind not the door we came in, but another door. You know, standing right beside it all night. In front of him, there's a young lad skinning up joints all night. There was something really orchestrated about the whole thing. He'd roll a joint and pass it around to people, but I just get the feeling he was the only one authorized to do it or something. I don't know. They say the IRA 
aren't involved in drugs, but that's nonsense. They're all involved, I think. All the paramilitaries. God, I knew a guy in Galway years ago who was, who knew he was hanging around with these dealers, and I ended up meeting them once. My head was fried that day, because I'd been, I think I'd been up all night, allegedly on acid or something. So, this is all just made up, of course. And they were talking about some guy who was in jail. They were saying they'd have to go up and threaten them. I would have known, would have encountered the guy they were talking about. God, what was I like, allegedly? And uh, so I'm just like, I don't want to hear any of this. And they had, I think, connections to loyalists up north, allegedly. I think those guys are off the scene now. One of them was dodgy. I think, I uh, won't say any more, actually. But, um, and yet, I miss, I miss, I guess, the randomness of the 90s, but I, I and the, not, the fact that it was less commercialized and less corporatized than now. But I don't miss, I was more anxious and less sure of myself back then, so I don't miss that. I wish I could be like I am now back then. And I don't, I think it's more than just an older and wiser thing. I think I'm just calmer. <clears throat> Maybe it is older and wiser, I don't know. I'm not that wise, <clears throat> as you may have noticed. So yeah, high female listenership. It's kind of nice to know that, but I just hope they're listening for the right reasons. Like, I hope they're listening for my mind, my soul, you know? and my spirit. I hope they're not just listening because I got such a sexy, sultry voice. And I'm not bad looking either. Some of them might have got wind that I'm a pretty handsome chap. I try not to advertise that, but the word might have spread around. They say, is he really as handsome as he sounds? Oh yes, I, I'm led to believe he is. Here comes a car. So, uh, no, ladies, if you're listening, I hope you're not just listening for my gorgeous voice and my dashing good looks. I, I have to say that just gets tiresome. I've had that all my life. And uh, I just, yeah, can't take it anymore. Although, no, keep listening and keep Keep the, um, the tips coming in, because I definitely want that place in Manhattan that I'm looking at. So, let's have some water. Yeah, good, good amount of work done today. Had some quiet days, and then today, a few things came at once. I kind of like those days, especially on a Friday, and you get, well, just when you get things done efficiently and you get that all out the door by the weekend. And the thing is, when I have more to do, I am more efficient. That's most people, I think. But now I need to switch off, get into writing mode. I'll be having fish pie later that I made. Delia Smith recipe, fisherman's pie. So that's good, I don't have to cook, and I won't end up ordering crappy takeaway. Or not necessarily crappy, but not the healthiest. Now, back to she been in Belfast, and then so the guy, the heavy, standing by a door, and I guess was the music playing at the start. I don't know, but then the guy comes through from that back door, and they've CCTV there where you can see that you see the front door at all times, I guess, in case of a raid. But I mean, I just my reckoning is they don't get raided because there must be an understanding, and. Uh, so the guy, DJ, comes through and he was wearing a black t-shirt with free Palestine symbol on it and a, and a beret. And he just starts playing this amazing music. And hola, buen camino. And uh, the track 
I remember the most was um, a, a reggae version of Lithium by Nirvana. I looked it up, it's, you find it on YouTube, just Google Lithium Reggae, and I thought it was amazing. I sent it to my friend Kieran today, Kieran Dorian Network. Oops, not meant to mention surnames. Too late, I'm not going back and editing that out. And he, uh, he said, oh yeah, it's okay. But I said, oh, if you'd been there where I heard it, man, in the condition I was in and everything. No, I, I think it's, it's a pretty cool take on it. I, uh, in the ukulele group I was in before we had massive falling out of creative differences. Ah, uh, we were all doing too many drugs back then. It was all too crazy, you know? And uh, I didn't show up for one gig in, um, in uh, San Francisco. And that was the end of that. I was on a massive bender. So there you go. But um, we used to do Teenage Kicks, the great song by the Undertones. But I remember once doing it as a reggae version. It worked, yeah, reggae actually, just like the version of Lithium. And it worked great as reggae. It could also be done as a kind of country song. Yeah, I think we tried that too. The reggae version was great though. I'm not gonna try it now. We had a bass player, I think at the time. Ukulele bass. You really need an amp to play that. It does, you don't get that much volume out of it. Oh. BK's dragging his sticks or something, it's quite noisy. I'll turn that down. That's better. So, uh, 37 minutes. God, I got 23 minutes to go, I'm running out of steam. At the end of the line. That was another song we used to do. Traveling Wilburys. At the end of the line. Oh man. They were so cool. Tom Petty was so cool. Roy Orbison was so cool. George Harrison was so cool. Bob Dylan still is cool. Was there one other that I'm forgetting? I think there was or is. I think Dylan is the last though. Oh man. Just thinking about them there, they're so, wow. I saw Neil Young in Clontart Castle some years ago. It was a sunny day. I remember that, I went with a friend, Noel. And I wasn't drinking because I drove up and down, but lovely sunny day. And I remember going for an ice cream. They had an ice cream stand there. And he started playing that, um, oh, you know that cowboy song? Oh man, take a look at me now, I'm a lot like you. I need someone to love me the whole night through. I think it was that one. And it was just coming on and I smiled and I remember passing this beautiful woman. She caught my eye, we both just smiled. It was like we were both just happy in that moment. Because, oh, you know, outdoor gigs in Ireland, how often do you get like the sun shining? Not that often. Oh, ice cream weather. Yeah, it looks nice out there today, but here in Ireland, but actually it's chilly, I think. It's nice where BK is walking here. So we're on our way from Navarrete to Nachera. And then on to, he goes all the way to, oh, not Los Arcos, we've passed that. Uh, Azofra or something, is it? I stopped in Nachera. Did Julia stop in Nachera, you're asking? Stay tuned. We'll be right back after these. Life is good, so they say. Compared to what, you ask? Good question. Compared to what? Life is what you make of it, I guess. Compared to what? Okay, I guess I put my fan on low. 
and uh, oh, I'm feeling so calm now. Just feeling so calm. I'm running out of things to say. So we can take this moment to center ourselves. See, I should have been doing this as a kind of yogic type mindfulness type, you know, BS type thing. I'd be good at it. I'm good at, I'm a good bullshitter. Yeah, I'm, 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 I swear a bit now, that's the new me. But I am a good bullshitter. Is this Nakhara we're coming to? Oh my God, the experience I had here. Although, can it be, can it be? Uh, doo -doo -doo. Hmm. Three hours. Oh. Depends how much she cut out, because I mean, it's 25 kilometers, I think, from the last place to Nahara. So, from Le Gromio's. Uh, yes. No, this isn't it. Or is it? We'll never know. So we're coming into some town anyway. Houses on the right, church steeple sort of ahead of us. I need someone to love me the whole night through. Da -da 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 -da. Coming back to me. I'm telling you, I'm not an expert on Neil Young, but a great album. He brought out two together in the 2000s, like that had been recorded in the, I don't know, 70s or something. Oh, I think there was an edit there, wasn't there? And we're off. BK taking the lead. So, um, he did live at Massey Hall in Toronto. My dad has been there. I think my dad said he saw the Clancy brothers there. He lived in Canada in the 50s, became a citizen. I was able to become one then. We've got the sun behind us. And a little to the left, it's good. Looks okay. He, when Camino, he's saying to someone. When Camino, but um, Though the Massey Hall gig was great, then there was a Fillmore East gig. But from, and I, both of them only came out, he hid them away and then they came out within the last 20 years or so, less. And I have to say, I love that Massey Hall one. Um, I, I'm not in the habit at the moment of listening to much music other than whatever John Kelly or John Creedon play on. Radio on Lyric FM and Radio RT Radio One, respectively. Ah, they're both great in different ways. But um, yeah, good for the soul listening to John Creedon and John Kelly. Check them out. John Creedon weekdays on RT Radio One. And John Kelly weekdays, well, what's Tuesday to Sunday or something on them. Um, or to Lyric FM. Sometimes he interviews someone from the arts world who plays their stuff. I think he had, he did, he had Pat, the great Pat McCabe on there once. Irish writer. I love Pat McCabe. He was on talking to Miriam O'Callaghan on RT Radio 1 before. He said, I think, he said he goes to church. He said atheism, and she was shocked to hear that, of course. Uh, atheism is a failure of the imagination, he said. I like that quote. And uh, she had Shane McGowan on before. He goes to church, he talked about, once said, you can't beat the old transubstantiation, he said. He's like a Christ-like figure himself, McGowan. He really is. Oh, I love Shane McGowan and Pat McCabe. There, I've said it. And John Prine, I'm hardly alone. Oh, you know something? God bless John Prine. It's a year now since he passed. Early on, he was one of the COVID victims early on. And uh, God rest your soul, John. Had the pleasure of hearing him sing a few times and talking to him briefly twice, well, once really. 
I never forget that gig in Campbell's <coughs> Campbell's Tavern on the Hedford Road in Galway on the way to Mayo. And he supported, he came in, sang a few songs with the wonderful Iris Dement, and then sang again the next day with her husband, whose name keeps escaping me. That was just one of those magic moments. John Prime walked past me. There's a local guy just shaking his hand, saying, I love your songs. I love your songs. And John Prime passed me, and I just patted him on the shoulder and smiled. And I turned around. My friend, guy I know, Shay, was in the way in the back, looking at me and smiling. We both knew that that was a special moment. Oh, honestly, thinking about John Prine's passing, I'm actually thinking a bit about Tom Petty's passing because he died on my Camino when I was in Leon. There's a sign there saying Alvia. Alvia. Mm, Via is the way, Alvia. And Camino is the way as well. Interesting. So, uh, but John Prine, I mean, really, I could get emotional if I really thought about him and his songs and seeing him. Oh, there's vineyards to our right here. We're still in the wine area district, I guess. Are we still in Rioja district? I imagine we could well be. We're not that far from Logronio. Um, so I'm a chatter to him in the... Londis in Kinfara, in the store. It's just regular stuff. Hey, hey, John, nice to see you. Yeah, we just flew in the other day, and I was, ah, uh, we just talking about nothing. And I, I didn't bother him for too long. I think a lot of stars like Ireland, because I don't know, people kind of talk to them on the level, you know. But um, he's, he's played many gigs. He, or he's in many pub sessions in Kinvara, like in Green's Pub and other places he's shown up and played. I never had the good fortune to witness that. God. Imagine getting to play along with him. Wow. I'm still practicing my guitar most days, and it's still that riff from... Um, short-dressed man. Well, isn't a short-dressed man? ZZ Top. Every girl's crazy but a short-dressed man. The riff is amazing. I won't try and hum it. When this becomes my Camino on a treadmill becomes a book, followed by a one-man play, West End. We'll do the recording of it in the West End, I think, in, the, in London. Then, Well, we'll, we'll also do it in Broadway, but... Uh, no, not off-Broadway. Sorry, on-Broadway. I don't mess around with this off-Broadway stuff. It's either on or nothing. Might start it in Edinburgh, but let me see. The book would be so hot by then that just people would be throwing money at me to do it. But we, yeah, we, we might do it, Camino on a Treadmill, the musical. But I, in the one-man show, I guess it would have to end with me wearing my best threads and singing and playing Sharp Dressed Man. I'm pretty sure the key doesn't suit me at all that I'm learning it in. You could transpose it, but it's a little tricky that the way I've learned it, you start low on the neck and it's in the key of C. Start low on the neck and then you kind of play the main riff higher up. But to try and transpose that and to keep it sounding the same. Oh yeah, I'm sure I could figure it out. I might be able to sing it in that key. Let's see. I don't think the key of C suits me, but I say that on most every key, so I don't know. I enjoy playing it though, wow. With lots of gain. Oh man, I feel so powerful. Love to play that in a stadium. Wow. Could you imagine? Well, if my tread Camino on a treadmill show gets big, I guess we could do it in Madison Square Gardens or somewhere. Or some massive stadium, I don't know. Whatever the biggest one is, that's probably where I'll be doing it. I imagine. 
beam height. That's my. That's my how I. Uh, what's the word? Operate. That's the word. So, um, oh, Fleabag. Now there is a show. She started in Edinburgh, one woman show. Then it got, became a big hit. Became a TV show. Then she went back and did the stage show the West End in London, and which was also recorded. I had the pleasure of seeing that twice in the cinema. I mean, I kind of caught it late. I caught on to Fleabag after she won BAFTAs and suddenly she was on the radar, on my radar. And I said, watch season one and two, I love them. You gotta watch, don't miss one. You have to watch them, not, well, ideally in one sitting, but but certainly in sequence and don't skip one. It's, it's each season is like a feature film in itself. And uh, I drove with my friend Kieran, whom I mentioned before, to Mayo to see it. It was suddenly popped up in cinema in Mayo in Castlebar. Drove there, the de wrong date was advertised, so we couldn't see it. They gave us a free ticket for another film. And Kieran nearly paid for the other film. I'm like, no, no, Kieran, whoa, we drove here. And the thing wasn't advertised. The least they can do is give us a free ticket. Oh, God bless him, the young fellow, so naive. So, and the one we saw was the one about Fox News and the stuff that went on there, the Me Too stuff. What was it called again? Can't remember. Which, yeah, I liked. I think Kieran preferred it to me, but no, I did like it. And who played Rupert Murdoch again? The wonderful um, guy from Clockwork Orange, also from that Lindsay Anderson film, from If, wasn't he in that? Malcolm McDowell played Rupert Murdoch. He was great. Oh, if you haven't seen Mozart in the Jungle, man, I recommend it. Amazon Prime show. And McDowell as the um, as a conductor. He's the kind of old conductor who's making way for the new Brazilian upstart. He's amazing in it, though. There's some scene, then he goes off to Cuba and just starts drinking, and then he starts recording some thing, hip-hop thing with some guy, some young guy. The guy plays something back to him, and he, what does McDowell say? Hey, that just sounds like Robocop just shot something out through this, whatever. I can't remember, but it was so funny. He's got great presence, great eyes, Malcolm McDowell. I love that show, though. Ah, Mozart in the Jungle. Like I say, I'm tired of the whole streaming thing, but I do like that show. Uh, how are we doing time-wise? Eight minutes to go. Well, that's all right, eh? That's a bit of okay, bit of all right. So, um, yeah. Uh, beginning to wind down. Now let's go down to 4.2 kilometers an hour. So BK is here walking on an empty road. It's stretching out in front of him. And uh, vineyards on each side of him, or to the right anyway. That's nice. So, uh, yeah, let's see. What else can we talk about? The Shebeen. I don't really remember much more about it, just that they played Lithium, a reggae version of Lithium by Nirvana. And it was amazing. I remember thinking afterwards, I wish I made a request for him to play God Save the Queen by the Sex Pistols. Because just to hear that in a kind of Republican type dodgy pub uh, would be amazing. God Save the Queen, it's got an amazing riff. Ah. Now, that, I must do that next to my guitar. I mean, that's relatively easy. A couple of power chords. There's Anarchy in the UK. I actually, though, riff-wise, everything-wise, I prefer God Save the Queen. It's just got such energy. My friend Matthew told me he saw the Sex Pistols in Electric Picnic. I didn't even know they had reformed. And he said that they were great. The one group I'd most like to have seen there was The Cure. I've never been to Electric Picnic. I was actually in the vicinity at the time The Cure played. 
I was doing a sweat lodge in Athai, as you do. And not more than a sweat lodge, I think it was a whole ceremony involving all sorts of shenanigans, all sorts of malarkey, malarkey. Um, I remember after doing, we had done an all-night ceremony. Certain medicines were involved, I believe, allegedly. Um, possibly ayahuasca, San Pedro, peyote, all allegedly. Uh, there was a sweat lodge, all-night long ceremony. The bell rings the next morning. The shaman guys wearing all these robes, and we were smoking these uh, this big sort of, it's like a cigar made from wrapped in corn paper, corn. It's made from corn, I think, the kind of papers you roll it in. And uh, I was joking, it's probably um, Jehovah's Witnesses. It's probably Mormons or something, but it was Jehovah's Witnesses at the door, pretty close. I was saying to the, the guy, the shaman, God, they should have invited them in. They were saying, do you believe in God? Said, well, come in and show you what we believe. It probably would have scared the bejesus out of them. <laughs> I suspect. So anyway, they never got to see what we were up to. They might have thought it was something satanic. Which it wasn't. Or some of the hardcore Christians say anything that isn't Christian is satanic. I do believe, though, if you open yourself up you know, through meditation or different rituals or practice. I guess if you believe there are good energies out there that can benefit you, one would have to assume that there would be bad energies too. I was going to say something about dark matter in the universe, but, you know, I don't really like when people throw in scientific references. Like, what's that guy? The... Um, Indian guy in America who sells lots of books about getting crap together, spiritual so-called stuff. Um, Deepak Chopra. I uh, no, when they when they bandy around spirit, uh, scientific words without real knowledge, I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't really go there. Did read a good book some years ago called The Tao of Physics. I think Tao is pronounced Tao normally though. Taoism, Taoism. Which was interesting, because I don't know how great the analogies were, but just quantum physics is pretty mind-blowing. Pretty damn mind-blowing. That's why when the kind of modern-day atheists talk about, when they sort of slander the idea of gods or deities or, you know, the magical... But they're talking in it. It almost seems they're talking in a very... Aristotelian way, or who's the guy? Newtonian kind of physics at that level. It's like quantum physics is man way out there. Way, way out there. Ooh, I'm getting deep now. Just when I'm about to finish. So I got two minutes to go. Okay. Let's go down to four kilometers an hour. And, uh, mm -hmm. just having some water. So to finish BK's day eight, I need to do two more hours. Is that, what did we pass something on the right? I don't know. Oh, we've got all these stone structures. They're kind of cute. You know, with people balance flat stones on top of each other to make little shapes and things. It's kind of nice. So, uh, put the fan on high for a little blast of cooler. Cool air. Oh yeah. So after this, I'll have my fish pie. And maybe, actually, a cold beer. Nice. A shower. And I guess do some writing, yeah. Maybe watch the Tommy Turner show tomorrow night if I get ahead of things. Which will be good. So, uh, coming up to one hour now, I think. Let's have a look. Yeah, 40 seconds to go. It's been nice chatting to you today. God rest and God bless John Prine, whom we remember today along with all the other victims of COVID. So, and 
Tommy won his past this year. So, coming to an end now. Slowing down. And I'm looking forward to a nice weekend. So, God bless Buen Camino. And I shall see you on the other side. I got like six seconds to go. Okay. And we're done. Oh. Buen Camino, they have a bell at least. The bike just rang a bell exactly on the hour. Okay. God bless the cyclist with the bell. Buen Camino.